You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, we're back for round two. Round two, Buffalo Distilling. What's going on, guys? How are you? Oh, not much. How are you guys? Just chilling, having a good time. Having a blast. Kevin and Tim from Buffalo Distilling are here. Welcome back. Thank you. Excited Thank you very you. much. We got some drinks. Tim, you want to tell us what we just made? Uh, well, because we have our new gin out and January just wrapped up, um, you've got a slight variation of a Negroni, a little bit softer. Uh, Mike's drinking what's called our Lavender Queen. Um, it's a variation of a gin and tonic with our uh, house-made lavender bitters, a little bit of lime juice, touch of black currant, um, tonic, and lemonade. Cool. So, and then Kevin's got an, uh, an assortment over here. <laughs> Not enough. What did we call it? <laughs> the East Side Special. Now, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm having a little bit of a traditional gin and juice, okay. Snoop Dogg style. There you go. A little throwback <laughs> to the West Coast. <laughs> so, you, so you talked about bitters. Can someone explain to me what bitters are? Sure. Uh, so typically, uh, bitters are, are two things. There's some sort of uh, flavoring and then some sort of bittering. Um, so uh, we do a few bitters in-house. We do a lavender bitter. We do an orange bitter. Uh, so those start as alcohol. Uh, obviously, we've we've been through this we make it all from scratch local farms you guys know the drill um so it's usually pretty high upwards of like 160 190 proof oh wow yeah high proof um so from there we add some sort of botanical whether it's orange uh lavender some sort of flower we've played around with like lime uh when we we're doing uh, plays on margaritas very hey. good with the gin, actually. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know where that. I didn't know we had still had that. <laughs> I've got. Yeah, I've got a whole slew. You of find the secret. <laughs> <laughs> rhubarb, apple, oh, rhubarb. Uh, so, <laughs> you start with something, uh, whether it's orange zest, um, throw it into this high-proof alcohol. You let it extract um, from there, uh, and that's as long as you want. Uh, some of our bitters only take, you know, five, ten days. Uh, some of them get really, really nice at like. 20, 25, gotcha. uh, usually like lighter flavors that you really got to pull out. Um, elderflower is one of those that just, you got to just suck it out. Um, uh, and then from there you need some sort of bittering element. So the whole kind of concept of, of bitters is that uh, you have a cocktail, um, you want to add enough sugar to it or enough sweetener to it so that it's smooth and, and palatable. 
um, and kind of cuts away that booze. Uh, but you also want to kind of balance that out with a, a bittering element so that the cocktail is super crushable, like all these <laughs> cocktails in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Crushable is never used in cocktails, but I want to bring that in, <laughs> uh, the crushable. So that, that bittering element is some sort of uh, herb that most people have never heard of, whether it's Genetian or, or something like that. Um, and that all kind of comes together in this merriment of, of wonder and creates the bitters that we use on the bar. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what a bitter is. So now you can't have bitters straight, though, right? Um, so the whole thing with something like Genetian, I'm going to use Genetian because it's the it's the cliche. Um, but if you were to uh, take a strictly Genetian bitter and take a small sip of it, your palate would be would be shot for the whole day, most likely. We can do it in the back later if you guys want to <laughs> kill your palate for the night. Outstanding. Uh, but it just, it kind of, the second you take the sip, I've, the reason I know this is because we've worked on products that I've added too much of this stuff to, and then you take a small sip just to see, hey, how'd this turn out? And you go, oh, I can't taste anything for the rest <laughs> of the day. My tongue just tastes like cough syrup. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a touchy subject, or a touchy, uh, touchy product to work on is the bitters, but we've gotten a couple of them down pretty good. Now, do most distilleries make their own bitters, or is this something that's somewhat unique to Buffalo Distilling? Do half of them make it? I would say, like, a, a good portion do uh, make it. Um, one of one of the reasons that people wouldn't is because there are really nice bitters companies. Sure. Uh, there are some people making some really good products, um, so it is nice to try those out and gain inspiration, mm-hmm. a.k.a. steal their ideas, uh, and do it yourself. <laughs> Um, you wanted to smell some lavender, a touch of it in the glass. Ooh, so with something, something like, like the, yeah, right. something like the lavender, you want it to just smell like lavender. Yeah, you, you don't right. want anything else. Um, then you get into things like house bitters, uh, which we've kind of been working on for a long time, but it's tough. Um, a lot of people, what they would, uh, what they would call a house bitter is like Angostura bitter. It's an aromatic bitter. It's an old-fashioned bitter. Uh, it's it's used in, in drinks like that. It's old-fashioned, right, Angostura? Uh, yeah, well, there's technically a difference between old-fashioned bitters and Angostura bitters. Okay. Um, old-fashioned bitters tend to have a little bit more clove, nutmeggy finish, and that right. was from the original you know, old-fashioned cocktail that had that like spiciness to it. Um, Angostura bitters, I feel, are the well, they're obviously the most common. Um, everybody uses them from you know Manhattan's old-fashioned to a proper mule should have a little bit of bitters in it. Um, there's a lot of drinks that, you know, some people will skip on the bitters or they'll add too much bitters to to try to, like, mask or cover a flavor. Um, I like that we have a bunch of diversity. That was the orange that I dosed around last. Um, Kevin's done a great job with when we have things, being that we're sourcing everything pretty much local. He's like, well, why not try to make a bitter out of it or a syrup out of it? Um, our honey syrup... I use all the time. Um, we make that here. Our blueberry syrup is obviously one of the favorites mm-hmm. um, because we can get good blueberries, and Kevin just knows what he's doing. Yeah. So he made up the recipe, and now we just follow it to make sure that it stays that way. Um, the Violet Beauregard is one of our vodka cocktails that gives a ton. And everyone's like, what's Beauregard? I have to do it. <laughs> You're turning violet, violet. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, Willy Wonka. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But, uh, but it's nice Water. to have Water. like the play. Um, 
being that I'm more of a like savory cocktail instead of a sweet cocktail guy, um, I do a ton with our rosemary bitters, mint bitter, uh, or not bitter, I'm sorry, mint syrup, rosemary syrup, but then utilizing, like I was excited to find the lime with the gin. Um, I was making up some like fresh Collins. Maybe I'll whip one up in a little bit, actually. Sure. Um, a really nice fresh Collins with our gin, and then that lime bitter on top just really gives that nose to maybe like, ooh, that's nice and frothy, but it has a little bit of like pop to it. Yeah. Um, without completely overpowering the spirit, because that's the other thing is sometimes bitters can make a not so good tasting drink pretty good. Sure. Because. It has that high potency of alcohol to it, so it mixes well with a neutral spirit or even, you know, a lighter brown spirit to kind of like either amplify the flavor profile or cover it up, right? Whatever it kind of needs to do. Yeah. If that's fair to say. So now, how do you actually make them? Because you're not making big batches like you would for whiskey or other distilled spirits. You're not using Mm -hmm. the still, are you? No. Yeah. So, so how, how are you actually making them? So typically for a bitter, you're uh, you're incorporating. Uh, I mean, how much how much bitter do you use in say like a lavender queen? We're talking drops. I put five right? drops. Five in drops. That drink, but that's because it's a larger portion drink. So I think once we nailed down the batch, and kind of the beauty of these really extra small batch things is that. Um, you have one batch and you're like okay that one kind of turned out and then you try another batch and these are all we're talking like half pint mason jars so you're trying out all these different batches and then at some point you go well all these need a little bit of this and all these need a little bit of this and you mix them all together and you're like oh this was pretty great um and you have a a half gallon of it and you realize that a half gallon will probably last you for the next four decades (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you say okay this was pretty good this was pretty good. Uh, so I don't think we've ever made bitters in batches larger than half gallon. Sure. And I think we once those recipes were nailed down, we haven't gone through our first batch yet. And we're on year three. So uh, yeah, have, you don't have to make them too often. Yeah, I can You can imagine. make them at home in a little mason jar. They're going to last you the rest of your life. <laughs> right. Perfect. Good I know. Yeah. <laughs> we have a couple gallon jars in the back that are two-thirds full with a couple of the least what's the right word for it least used bitters i guess is the way um the apple and the rhubarb because those weren't mine they um they're fun but it's like you can only make so many drinks that you want to add that to it's extremely seasonal i guess is the thing it's not something you're gonna just like have on your day-to-day menu and then uh you know when you look at a traditional cocktail the throw a bunch of tart rhubarb in there and it kind of defeats the purpose for it. it goes to the masking side instead of the elevating side sure makes sense but it's fun to play with it, play with them all that's for sure oh yeah makes it exciting on my side to be like oh let's make up 10 different drinks and see how this affects them all yeah right so speaking of making different drinks you guys released the Golden Grain, which mm-hmm. we had, that was incredible. And then you also released new labels, right? Yes. Um, so this is the new Krupnik label. Um, and I wish I had an old bottle to show to compare. It basically was to clean it up a bit um, on the label side, be a little bit more like visible. And then um, 
you know, with the Krupnik winning the Platinum Award, is that last year or is that the previous year? Uh, within the last year, within yeah. the last year, um, it's got a lot more exposure. Um, so adding the red and white kind of sexied it up and gave it that that Polish feel a little bit more, since you know traditionally Krupnik is a uh, Polish what, cocktail or not cocktail spirit. Like spirit. Some would say exposure would say. is our middle name. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's something you've said about exposure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, with the gin coming out new and Buffalo being the queen city and then, you know, Kevin was brilliant with his flavor profile, you know, giving it that juniper up front mm-hmm. um, that mellows with the uh, correct peppercorn and then that citrus finish to really make it soft and approachable. Um, but still, as a huge gin fan, where most people hated gin, um, this is something that, like, you know, ever since we've had it, I've had a bottle on my bar at home because yeah. it's like, you can mix it into gin and tonic and it doesn't have that overly floral flavor that sometimes, like, a Hendrix is, like, a little mm-hmm. too much of that cucumber and rose. Um, I'm, I was always a huge fan of, like, the original Bombay, like, the white label Bombay because yeah. I was, like, you're, you know, your British jive or, you know, London dry gin. And um, that can get old because it's just so piney juniper. Sure. Um, so to have the balance in the, pe- the peppercorn was brilliant. It's just, uh, yeah, I think when we went into designing the gin, it was, and I think we started September. Yeah, right around the end of September, we started test batches. But it was, let's make a gin that tastes like gin. That was number one. <laughs> um, Probably should do that. Not to, like... Not to talk smack about any gin on the market because the beauty of gin is that they're all good in mm-hmm. something. Uh, but we wanted a gin that tasted like gin, a uh, gin that could be used in gin cocktails. Thank you. Uh, making a gin that can be useful in a gin that can be used in, and Tim, help me out with this, but like everything from a tonic to a Negroni to a Fitzgerald. Collins. Collins. Uh, like finding a gin that's versatile is tough. So just something that was that's light and it's very smooth. That's the straight gin. So just you can this is super <laughs> soft. So that's the other thing that I can't really go super deep into with you guys. This is like one of the things that I like went crazy with, and enough people have told me like, "Hey, stop telling everybody what you're doing." But we we made this gin in a method that nobody makes gin, uh, and I've I've seeked it out. I've tried to find places, but it's a really really unique process um, and we've basically found a way to make gin smoother than most people can make gin um, and that's again I can't super get into yeah. it with you guys yeah keep a little bit a little just bit a little secret. Bit. bring the microphone closer to <laughs> yeah. hope I just slip Say it that out again? But, <laughs> um, but what it comes out to is that when that gin hits your tongue you can drink it like you guys are drinking it um, I think Tim made me last week. It was just like a glass of gin on ice with a splash of. Yeah, it was it was a heavy gin cocktail, uh, yeah. but you can drink it because yeah. that gin isn't isn't super boozy. It's not it's not boozy at all. It's almost like you're drinking water, like really soft water from down south after it got treated six times. Like this is. <laughs> And in order what to What the hell did you do? Like, in this order doesn't... <laughs> it's proprietary, Mike. I know. It's not proprietary. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going on YouTube, Kevin. Spill it. And yeah. no. on top of that, I mean, not to hammer this... Not to hammer this point home. 
but it's also at it's also at 84 proof which is four proof higher than most gin really so it's stronger than most gin and smoother than most gin great so keep pouring tim yeah <laughs> doing, uh, no absolutely doing good um i'll sleep in the back yeah well what's wild is you know Kevin gets so excited about everything that he forgets to mention it's also gluten-free from start to finish, which is Ooh. a big thing these days. Yeah, absolutely. So it's gluten-free if you couldn't hear. Yeah, I'm not one that worries about gluten or cap or calories or carbs or anything, obviously. I, I can't freaking stick weight on myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Weird flex, Tim. I can but, stick it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a nice kicker up here. I have family members that are, you know, celiac or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, it definitely gets asked, especially now. There's more people that, even if they don't have an intolerance, they're just mindful of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So to have a product that hits that market is a huge um, bonus for you guys. Yeah. So That's a very good call with that peppercorn, too, because you can, if you're thinking about peppercorn, you can taste the peppercorn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been able to pick that out if you didn't say peppercorn, but now I'm trying to see how many times I can say peppercorn at three. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but really, it's very prominent now that you said that it has it in there. Peter Piper. <laughs> <laughs> very good, though. It's, it's that's incredible. awesome. Nice job. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Way to go. You know, that's why you're here. Yeah. 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 This so, guy. <laughs> so, like, you were talking Something about dip. test batches a little bit. Yeah. How do you go about making test batches? Because you're not going to create a full still of it because it's going right. to be wasted. Do you have an experimental still or something that you work off of? We have a couple. Uh, so every one of my batches starts in a 500 milliliter still. Wow. So we're talking, Less uh, than a regular this is model. like Heisenberg methyl lab <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, Breaking bad reference for yeah, all you that. It's like heating mantle, <laughs> stir rods. Like it's, we're getting, we're getting away from moonshining and a little more towards uh, chemistry. Um, so everything starts in 500 mil. Uh, for gin, that was really cool because uh, we had the opportunity to distill. You guys have read gin bottles. It's like 13 botanicals, mm-hmm. 87 magic herbs and spices. Is that Kentucky Fried Chicken? Heinz <laughs> <laughs> is uh, pretty close. Right? Something like that? Yeah. Um, Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> so we had the opportunity to distill these herbs uh, and botanicals separately. So you can really get a taste of what coriander is when you taste a gin um, which has just blown my mind when I'm tasting gins because now I know what that coriander is I know what that peppercorn does rather than just tasting a gin and saying I like it Mm -hmm. I don't like it Um, going from there then we had the opportunity to say okay these are the botanicals we like these are the botanicals we want to use in our gin Um, and then it's what quantities uh, what strengths? That was a lot of a head game. That was a lot of just trial and error. You, you mix them in different quantities, see what happens, sure. and, I got and let them go. So, the funny side story of this, at least funny to me, is I'd be working behind the bar on a Wednesday night, and Kevin had come out with five little plastic cups with numbers on them, one through five. He's like, here, explain them to me. Ooh, a little test. Is it tasting? Okay, you know, that one's definitely a little bit spicier. This one's a little softer. This one's right in the middle. This is over here. They're like, okay, what are your top three? I'm like, uh, two, four, and five. Okay. They take everything. They come back 20 minutes later, and I'm, like, taking care of a guest or chatting like we are here. And he's like, hey, here. I'm like, 
All right. Try all five again. <laughs> kind of go through the same routine. What are your top three? Here you go. Come back again. And I'm like, how many times are we going to do this? He's a tennis oh, hammer. He's falling well, behind the bar. <laughs> I've learned yeah, 22 years of experience. I've learned, I've learned true, how to true. monitor my <laughs> tasting. But at the end, he's like, okay, here. And he gave me like, I think he gave me three. And I still picked one. He's like, you keep picking the same one. It's your favorite. He's like, that's my favorite too. I'm like, perfect. So that pretty much is what we ended up with um, because we both felt like out of balance. And if you do drink it straight, like in a, I love martinis, mm-hmm. even though you just shouldn't drink too many martinis. <laughs> That's a PSA announcement. Um, <laughs> they're fantastic with this because you get the full flavor of the gin. Um, but I think a lot of people strayed from the gin martini, which was the original because nobody drank vodka pre-84. That was just like, why bother? Yeah. Unless you were Russian or Polish, I guess. But... Um, to be able to see how many people drink vodka martinis now and then be like just try this and they're like oh that's really good my wife swears she hates gin she loves her gin really she's like I can't believe I found a gin I can drink and it just happened to come from a 23 year old's mind (laughs) (laughs) it's gin for people that love gin and gin for people who don't know they love gin yet there you go that's that, what is that on the bottle somewhere? It that should, should be, right? It should be right? on the bottle, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe when we get the new gold caps on it, we'll... Uh, yeah, that's a simple That's a simple label change. I'm right. sure it won't take that long. Only about nine months to get that label approved. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen Tim do it a hundred times, where somebody comes in and they say, I, I don't like gin. Well, if you don't like give it, us a drink. chance. Yeah, yeah, really. Give right. us a chance. And like, try it out. out. I mean, that Lavender Queen is a killer drink. And, yeah. and that's just something that people like. Yeah. Yeah, so you first showed me this drink, and I said, I'll take the pink one, because naturally, I'm okay with myself. <laughs> and then I take a sip of it, and now I don't want to s- stop drinking it, and right. I'm upset but- that it's almost gone. So I'm sure people watching this episode are like, dude, Mike's going ham on that drink right now, and I'm just here, <laughs> don't hate, because this is really good. Well, and the thing is, like, like you referenced it as the pink drink. It's not a sweet, you know, right. foofy cocktail that's a cocktail for a cocktail drinker. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things we really aim for, and maybe it's because of my two plus decades in the industry behind the bar and helping organize and make bars better, is like I've seen a lot of phases, especially, you know, being on the West Coast for over a decade. Um, we make our own booze. I love to make cocktails. I hate the term mixologist, hate it. I think it's overplayed. Um, you know, if I see another curled up wax mustache and rubber, <laughs> you know, apron with a bow tie. Carl mine today. It's uh, with, yes, you know, <laughs> it, with an over stirred when it could have just been rolled a couple times and made the cocktail taste just as good or better. Um, sometimes I think people have gotten in the industry as a whole, and you know, not to knock them if you have your image and that's what you want to go with, go with it. But I think um, the art of the cocktail isn't about the art of making the cocktail. It's about the art of the experience the cocktail gives to the consumer. Um, I feel like Kevin has done an amazing job making spirits continue to elevate and level um, You know our vodka when it switched over to 100% corn. And again, gluten, hashtag gluten-free. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the flavor evolved and it gave this like 
really clean finish that I think rivals any of the mainstream names mm -hmm. out there, but it has a bit of a bite to it. Like, you should taste your spirits, right? Yeah. Um, and going with that, but you should also, like, as a consumer, be like, man, when I was there last time, I had such a great time. Um, you know, the band that was playing, the conversations at the bar, and not just with the bartender or the staff, but, like, we want the people to be in here to, like, feel like it's a fun place. Right. And you do that with the art of a cocktail. Like, give them a good cocktail. Make them, you know, like, we'll have guests sitting here that may have been in 20 times, and someone sits down next to them, it's their first time, and they're like, oh, it's a pretty big menu we have, you know, we've got a lot of stuff to showcase. Um, but as they're chatting and like you notice they kind of jump in this couple over here or you know this girl is talking with this girl or this guy's talking with this girl and this guy like well, however it happens out they'll throw recommendations out and my favorite thing to do is like take the menu and chuck it and be like you walk in the door and like oh I usually drink you know vodka but I don't like it like sweet um, but I also don't want it to be like too boozy and whatnot. and then it's like oh, this is one of two things. Either I can just have fun and eat some of our syrups and bitters mm -hmm. and come up with something creative and whatnot. Or I can try to introduce them to the gin. But I don't want to be like, oh, well, do you want a martini? Or do you want a mule? Or whatnot. And I feel like over the years, I've, I get that. Like, I, go, I spend a lot of time in bars when I'm not at work because I love to be out and see right. what other people are doing. I like a good cocktail on my day off. I, you know, when you don't get a ton of nights off when you're not sure. in the nightlife, um, I think it's fun to go out and see what, what somebody's doing over here and, you know, have a drink or two and then head home, read a book, do whatever. You know, you have your daily routines. So when people come in, you want to be like, oh, fun. So we make our own syrups. We make our own bitters. We make our own spirits. We have a very unique way of going about it and like having the opportunity to give you something that's pretty much 100% New York from yeah. first of all. And it's good. But I don't want to turn into like, oh, well that bourbon's $45 a bottle and it needs to be stirred exactly this mm -hmm. direction three times into everything. That's not what we're about. Yeah. Um, so even though the gin I feel like is a great pass through on both sides, and you can bring back some of those traditional, really fun, old-world cocktails with it and give them to a new consumer that might not know they like gin. It's not about, like, trying to make it too much of this or that. Yeah. It's an interesting point that you bring up around the mixologist because that does get played up a lot. And you can be juggling 14 different shakers, but if the cocktail sucks, it's going to suck and they won't come back. So you going to a bar that is a neighborhood feel where the bartender knows how to make the drink, not to perform... Because you're not a performer, you're a bartender. Right. And you know how to make your drinks taste good. You're going to come back to that bar every time. Not because you can do backflips behind with bottles of vodka. This yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, the flair's fun if you're in <clears throat> Vegas. Right. You know, we're on vacation, but like you want your neighborhood bartender to be throwing stuff around, spilling half of it on the floor. And you, <laughs> yeah. you pay nine bucks for a $6 gin and tonic, you right. know, basically. Um, yeah, sorry, that, that was a bit of a rant. No, but. it's 100% true because people see the mixologist term and they feel like that person has to be good. It's like, no, not... I mean, they might know their stuff a little bit, but th that term gets overplayed, like you were saying. And it really depends on what type of drink that you want made. If you don't care what you're being made, then yeah, go to a mixologist, have them mix a Red Bull vodka while they're doing front flips, and then drink your drink. But if right. you want a good quality cocktail where they care about 
the bitters, the alcohol, and everything that they're putting into it. Just go to your neighborhood bar because they're just they know what they're doing. Yeah. And there are don't get me wrong. There's the beer and shop bars. Yeah. There's the over the top mixology sure. bars, and yeah. then there's your comfortable like in between where I feel like like you mentioned you're gonna want to go back, mm-hmm. not just because it's next door, uh, or not just because you know there's the show to it, but it's like comfortable. Right. And I think the biggest thing is. Um, you know, from the roots up, especially with Frank and Andy and Eric and Kevin, uh, Roy, our hospitality director, myself, that's the whole point. Yeah. We want to, like, feel like it's home. You know, you want it to be Cheers without being, like, you know, Sam Malone behind right. <laughs> <laughs> So, I think that's the beauty of this place is that, like you said, you, you've got good cocktails. You've got somebody who knows what they're doing behind a mm-hmm. bar. Um, on top of that, you have really good quality spirits and bitters and syrups and everything you're you're getting in your drink is good and and well made and with care um but you still have the feel of a neighborhood bar you, you still feel like you're sitting in your living room and, and that's not a an easy thing to do right. and, or be a, a easy thing to find uh, and that's that's a big thing here yeah and i think um you know back in san diego going referencing the west coast again um Part of it is that, uh, you know, everybody in Buffalo, I've not so far self-admits, we're a little behind, like, here, what was, you know, trendy there, per se. And oh, yeah, you, Buffalo's you, five years behind the times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's five years. <laughs> there, you there you go. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, it's longer. Hey, I've loved my time in Buffalo. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to staying a long time. But it's definitely been an adjustment because some of the things, especially in our world of like you know hospitality and entertainment and just you have to be on top of trends mm-hmm. and times and sometimes I see some things that are happening now that I was so happy we're finally gone and I hope we can kind of help lead that forward and it's like and a lot of it has to do with honesty it's not trying to be somebody you're not um, once you're comfortable in your own shoes you kind of figure out where you're meant to be um, I don't think it's an issue as much like in Buffalo or some of the great smaller cities across the nation. Um, but, you know, you look at the bigger places and a lot of these, you know, food and beverage management companies, they literally go into places and they try to scrape every penny they can out for right. nine months to a year, maybe 18 months, and then they, like, discard it because, oh, new trend, mm-hmm. we'll try this. But in the time, they're actually, like, instilling all these bad habits into their employees. So you've got somebody that's like a professional bartender and he goes in and he's like, well, this is what's hot right now and this is going to pay you a ton of money behind the bar for nine months to a year. But they instill this like methodology that you have to be slightly pompous and you have to know everything and like be boastful about it to a point. And I think that we've, we got rid of that a while back on the West Coast and what evolved was these fantastic cocktail bars with whether it be on the beach where the guy's in, you know, surf trunks and a tank top with a hat on backwards, or at the, you know, the fine dining restaurant in the heart of the city, but it wasn't, a, like, the air wasn't there like mm-hmm. that. And for my birthday in December, I went down to New York City. What do I do when I travel? You know, you go from bar to bar mm-hmm. and staple of the city and whatnot and eat and drink your way through the culture of it and you could still feel in like the really like core tourist area there was still some of that like pompousness yeah 
but as soon as you stepped into like the villages over the city, like you know, of any name one of them, like you know, Chelsea or you're over in like East Village or whatnot, or just off Central Park West, all those bars are like, wow, you look at the menu, like these are some fantastic drinks. A lot of them were starting to feature a lot more local New York State spirits, which I think is great because we've got a lot of great spirits in New York State as a whole. I mean, sure do. Um, so to see that that mind is there. But, again, it was more of, like, that, okay, now fun, catching on. Like, they want to know, oh, where are you from? It's not, oh, I haven't seen you here before. You're a tourist. I'm just going to, like, jack you up on it a little bit or whatnot. Um, So I hope that continues to transform as Buffalo grows, like, especially the downtown. Because, you know, how many lofts and apartments down there are, like... I looked at a loft to buy. It was 200 grand. I'm like, oh, that's not bad to buy thousand dollars a month in HOA so all of a sudden it's like okay that's starting to build to that point where okay if you've got the money to do it but don't I hope all those restaurants and bars don't all of a sudden switch to that methodology of oh well now we have to act you know it's like uh, trading places you know like yeah which which is interesting because there's there's a few things to note in that Um, I think one thing that Buffalo hasn't lost is the eyes of the people can see through almost all of that. If you're not authentic, the people of Buffalo will just A, call you out, B, not visit you, and then C, it'll just erupt on social media. Right. And I think that the the places that have prospered in the city since the boom with even craft beers and now distilleries, you're getting, like you were hitting on with the homey feel, mm-hmm. where the people at the bar talk to each other because Buffalo people talk to Buffalo people, but right. at the same time, that really correlates with the authenticness behind the bar is what keeps these places going and thriving. Right. And sure. they incorporate aspects that they see around the world. So the the in bars are the new bars. However, the new bars, and I mean, you guys are still considered new, even though you've been around for a while. But in general, like it's it's one foot cock. Like, oh yeah, like they they're new, right? And it's like, well, no, like they've been there for a little bit. You just you don't really get out much because everyone's so busy grinding at work. Right. And then yeah. when they go, then they realize, like, wow, there's a lot to offer there. Let's now bring my center of influence and you tap into those, those spider webs and networks. But the point is the um, you guys incorporate things that you've seen in the West Coast. Like, there's other places that incorporate things they've seen in Europe or that they've seen downstate. And then they bring that back to Buffalo. And it's like, look, now we're keeping up with the times. Because even fashion, like, right. women wearing Uggs, when we first got those... They were already out of style for five years in L.A. It was like five and then they ago. just, yeah, and then yeah. they just got to Buffalo, and everyone's like, dude, I need to buy Uggs. Like, are you kidding? Like, did you buy that that spray to keep it clean because we use salt? <laughs> like, notice if you go to any other city, no one uses salt. Like, right. we're, the, we're one of the only cities that still use salt, for it, Christ's sake. And it's, it, it's like... Brine now. It's yeah, like, like it's not even salt. It's like we'll just make the streets white because that'll just get rid of the ice. It's just, and then you got guys like the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast cast that's literally living in Dalton Sonic because what else are you gonna do? Oh right, you know what I mean. Like no, that was like just, one of my favorite Christmas gifts. I got like three cards of Dalton Sonic. Like, right, yeah, you're gonna need them. Right, but yeah. now I can skip that pay line. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, but that's it's a, that's a huge like the the Buffalo's ability to see through people. Yeah, like, the authenticness is, I don't think we'll ever die. No, it's it's definitely like a, a blue-collar town, yeah. uh, Rust Belt. Like, there's a few things that come together that I think really makes Buffalo that. And as 
as Buffalo's proudly single only whiskey distillery here in Buffalo, we are super happy that people have have looked through the veil and seen us. And really, they come in, they walk into the bank, or the back. The bank. The bank. bank. Before you get here. Um, It's our bank. All those barrels are our bank. (laughs) They see the mash tank, (laughs) see the mash tank, see the grain, see the still, and they go, this is something that that we can get behind. Mm -hmm. There's a story here. Uh, And our job what we love to do uh our whole mission is is to be here to tell it tell it to you we want to show you the story we want to show you what we do um and buffalo is just like the perfect place to i grew up here so i'm partial but it's just a great place to to tell a story yeah yeah a lot of us are biased other than tim i'm not biased i've seen a lot (laughs) you're experienced outside the universe um but touching on back what you said about buffalo you know, it's the city good neighbors, right? Um, we've had a ton of opportunity to work with other breweries and members of other distilleries and talk about ideas and things going. And I think that is also something that's really special here in Buffalo. Um, sometimes, you know, you get the standoffishness mm-hmm. as if it's a com- competition when, I mean, it's small local business. You want to support it each and every way. Um, we've got, I actually met with, uh, did a follow-up yesterday with 42 North. We've got a great thing coming out for Dingus Day. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, big things are coming, as they said after that meeting yesterday. Oh, but cool. to be able to work with, like, John and his team over there, and it's not just as, like, oh, let's just do this because it'll be, like, fun. It's, like... There's a whole, like, this has been months of planning going back and forth and making sure that it makes sense to, like, still fit everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nobody's trying to do things that, like, kind of pull you one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin loves the city, and he loves his trade. I mean, I don't know if we mentioned last time, but <coughs> Kevin, Kevin's only 23 years old. And Jesus. what he does is unreal. Like... The thing is, like, he's wanted to do this since he was 14 years old, and he knew it. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show if you're actually, if you find yourself that young, that's amazing, um, and can follow through because it pays off. Yeah. You know, I'm 41, and, like, I still never really know what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I still. But I just, whatever I do, I try to do well. It's like, yeah, really. you know, run it with sounds it. nice, though. Yeah. Not, not knowing what you want to do like i come in every day and it's just like all right let's make whiskey let's do it and i'm sure yeah, some that's point badass that's i'm gonna come and work and just make whiskey right. yeah right Probably the best whiskey, whiskey in buffalo yeah it's but when you're 14 you're already thinking that like then you got to deal with the backlash <laughs> yeah. it's like you got a problem like what's <laughs> happening man. thank you, you know it's mean? about time yeah, it's somebody like, no, like, realized like, both the hardship of my love me. <laughs> you know like they just gave me they this both love me I just yeah. started making whiskey. Yeah. Right? Great so, family. If anything, my parents love me more. <laughs> <laughs> so bringing it back to Buffalo Distilling, you guys have uh, quite a few announcements just with the building and the, the area alone, right, that uh, you guys want to touch on? Well, you know, Frank's not here, and I prefer to, like, lean on him to sure. talk about the, okay. like, the big growth with the company because, um, you know, it's pretty exciting what – you know, I've only been here since September, and to see how far we've come in just a few months. And Tim just foreshadowed, you know, episode three is coming on the way. Yes. Yeah, there's a round um, three coming. <laughs> there's a couple little things. Um, Larkinville is exciting in its own right now. Yeah. There's a lot of new stuff coming into the area. It's going to be a pretty nice um, 
you know, expansion of the sprawl of downtown Buffalo um, to add a little bit more to the community here. There's a lot of great people that have lived here for a long time. Um, there's a lot of new business that's going to, I think, stimulate the area. Um, that'll be fantastic for us, obviously, being right here in the middle of it. Um, the Zemskis and the Larkin Development Company have, you know, looked at things. And I know not everybody always likes to see the big guys, like, kind of jot things out and say, you know, well, they're hurting what's been here. And I think the way they've kind of looked at this neighborhood, it wasn't about like stripping anything away from anybody as much as it was like giving it something to grow mm -hmm. back on. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited that, you know, we have the opportunity to be a part of that. And what we do have coming up with the building that I, you know, I think Frank's going to be pretty excited to talk. Um, he wanted to be here tonight, obviously, yeah. but yep. wasn't able to. Um, so once all that comes out and as we continue to grow with what we've just been doing in our smaller footprint is going to be pretty great. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, You're I, I came back in August to meet with them before I even moved back to the East coast. And I was sold from like the first meeting on yeah. just to know. And it's, you know, and it's not like, Oh, we're going to borrow a bunch of money and like just throw it into a place. It's like, they've been very smart about growing with the business instead of like trying to keep up with a business um but i i give a lot of testament to that to the the players involved i mean the way that eric and andy and um, frank and kevin dominantly like you know like oversee everything and work the back of the house and then to have you know roy who's been in buffalo for three decades and knows everybody under the sun and um you know, I feel like bringing my experience back and having a great team of, you know, supporting bartenders yeah. and barbacks and whatnot has really kind of like set us on a, on that path to be able to continue to excel. Um, I think these partnerships coming up, like the one with 42 North and obviously with Flying Bison next door, we've done um, a handful of stuff with Tim over there as well. And they're a fantastic neighbor. We probably couldn't ask for anybody better to be lined up with. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I am excited because it's like there's gonna be some great stuff, and I mean even just, you know everybody's getting past dry January, forget about those resolutions. Yeah, like I tell my wife, I'm not gonna have any whiskey for the first half of 2020. Yeah, okay. Right. There it is. Yeah. That wasn't even a thought in yeah. my head. Never. No, it's Never. like my wife's like, so what's your resolution? I'm like, I don't lie to myself, so I'm not gonna make one. <laughs> See, that's what I said. We did. Yeah. There you go. January oh. is what we did. We yeah, did we did January. January. Yeah. You know what? It was Way fantastic. Different. I sold like 150 of those things. That's like, <laughs> yeah. like that's like they're really oh, good. That's yeah. a lot of dry hope. Yeah, really. Sure. So we did an episode. We did an episode based off the golden grain, and Mike touched on it earlier, but I want to bring it back just to understand your thought process on how you decided that you wanted to do this type of rare whiskey release mm -hmm. one that two is it still available anywhere and three what's next from a, a rare whiskey release selection cool um so the golden grain uh i'm not sure how much you guys touched on this but golden grain was an original product produced by the original buffalo distilling um we actually have a bottle of it uh still sitting in the display which is cabinet insane. which is inside. pretty insane Never and it's open. full uh so if you come in uh and you have a drink uh or you listen to a band or check out the back 
take a peek in our history cabinet and you'll see a bottle of that golden grain uh, original in there. Um, hey Jim. Uh, so on top of that, brand new product, um, when we wanted to kind of revitalize it, um, the first label for the golden grain was, it was cool. Uh, we found the stamp that was released for the golden grain uh, that had this beautiful kind of uh, art deco goddess. kind of goddess yeah. painted on it. And we said, that is the image. Uh, so we, rather than just redesigning the original label, uh, we decided to kind of take this uh, historical stamp. I think it was a stamp. I'm pretty sure it was a stamp. Uh, and reinvent that and create the label. Um, so that's kind of where the inspiration came from. We wanted to create a whiskey product that was, that was true to tradition uh, and kind of bring a piece of that history yeah. back. Um, I like that you guys redid the label to do something different and didn't just want to replicate what they did back then. Exactly. That because was that it. took what the history was but changed it to be what you are now, right. which I think means a lot. It wasn't a replica. It wasn't a gimmick. It, this was just like almost a tip of the hat to the original, right. the Fleischmann brothers. It's inspiration. Yeah. Right. You know. um, so then when we when we went into, okay, how do we create a whiskey that that is true to tradition? Um, typically, back then, back in the day, uh, all whiskey that you were drinking um, was, uh, there was grain that was grown, uh, and then it was taken to a distillery where it was mashed, or a malt house where it was malted, and then to a distillery where it was mashed fermented, distilled, barreled, aged, bottled. Um, when we looked through the traditional process of making whiskey, we said, oh, wait, we already do all this stuff. Um, we already make whiskey the traditional way. Uh, so we had that part of the puzzle uh, figured out. Was that humbling to you, that you do make it like the true traditional way? It's always been our, our idea. It's always been our idea from the farm that, okay, yeah. that we're going to take local ingredients from local farmers and turn that into spirits that people in the city can feel good about drinking and feel good about buying and on top of that feel good the next morning mm-hmm. after drinking yeah. Yeah, uh, seriously. as you guys know <laughs> I'm sure uh, oh yeah <laughs> so, uh, outside of just creating a good product that people can feel good about buying um, we never really thought about uh, the other ways to do it we didn't know anything about sourcing we didn't know anything about MGP mm-hmm. neutral grain spirit rectifying uh we didn't know any of these things. We just said, how do you make whiskey? And then we made whiskey. Um, we didn't really go after the marketing angle of things until now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. When I came in, like, referencing that um, meeting that I had with Frank and Andy back in August, I was like, oh. And I'm thinking to myself the way, you know, I've done business. I'm like, so what's the marketing budget? What's this? And they're like, what? Like, well, we kind of just don't have one. And I'm like, so how do you know what you're spending? They're like, well, we don't really spend anything we don't need to. Yeah, really. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's great. And that is a huge part of being a small business is like, I feel like now we've actually figured out like, all right, we need to like put this little bit in um, because we've had so much support and patronage from the local community. It's given us a little bit more flexibility of understanding what they want. So we're not wasting money. Right. Trying to you know be the next hot thing but mm-hmm. instead oh what do people want and give it that to them a little bit and then expand on that 
that feature of whatever demographic it may be or whatnot, which it's funny because the whole demographic's like one thing in Buffalo, which is great. It's like everybody's just like, if you're from Buffalo, you're a good person and right. you're, you have core values, which is, I, I think, an outstanding place to be, um, especially as a local business, is you want to just keep doing that. And that's what they've generated from start to finish. Right. So, so we were never really trying to tackle uh, a marketing angle of things. We were just trying to put out good products. Um, when it finally came to fruition, we had labels. We wanted to do the Golden Grain Whiskey um, and the subsequent releases. It's been the Golden Grain, the way people look at it on the shelf, the way that I'm not going to dance around it, the way the price tag reflects it, it's our most expensive product. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's served at barrel proof or just under. Um, it's at 115. 115 yeah. So yeah, that's, that's hot. That's so when we barrel, we barrel at 115. Um, the angel share portion of things, if you guys know what I'm talking, mm-hmm. sure you guys yep. do, um, makes it come out at maybe like on the high end 118. Yeah. So for legal purposes, we do take it back down to 115, but it is barrel strength. That's what it goes into. Um, it's it's been non-chill filtered. Uh, it's a very very true to what is coming out of the barrel product, um, but when it comes down to what goes into making that, it's it's very very similar to all the other products we make. Um, really, what it comes down to is when the guys say, "Hey, we need twelve bottles of golden grain." It's I spend an hour walking around and and finding my favorite barrel and saying, "This is the one. This is it." And we pull the six bottles from it and. Every, every time you guys see a bottle of golden grain on the shelf, every time anybody who's bought a bottle of golden grain has seen it, understand that that's our favorite bit of whiskey in the yeah. distillery, and letting it go is just like tearing our hearts. <laughs> yeah. But um, we still have like three quarters of our bottle left. Perfect. So if you guys yeah. want some. I mean, you can. <laughs> I <laughs> saved I, a little bit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but if anybody questions the, the quality of the product and the proof of the product, just realize that we're all talking to a 23 year old with a full beard <laughs> and realize that that product will literally make hair grow <laughs> faster than anything else that's great it was so good that's oh, maybe that's maybe that should be the next marketing yeah. there you go. Your hair just grow. put like baby huey on a label with a full <laughs> beard 23 year old beard with 50 years of knowledge yeah. <laughs> that's good. exactly so what is are you planning on releasing another rare whiskey I'm, something about derby day right you're planning on releasing something so derby for day it? we're going to do a release and this has kind of become the derby day tradition which can you explain what derby day means for, for this guy he doesn't know what derby is yeah. you don't know what derby let, day no so let <laughs> listen there was like the we were one? doing an interview and a guy it, he's he's awesome but he said that he was doing a specific event for the kentucky derby so in my head i immediately was like well obviously it's going to be sweet so it's probably like a full-on horses are going to show up and then it's going to be cool. And he goes, no, 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 it's just a horse race. Like, we just have it on TV. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so, well, it was pretty funny. Come on. Right. So I'm like, well, so Derby Day for you guys is what? Because it's obviously not a horse race. But it is about the horse race. Yeah, so it's well, about saying, the I'm, horse race. Yeah, so but you're not bringing horses to have more race around Swan Street, Seneca yeah. Street, and Thank back. You. No, that'd be hilarious. Mark my word. Mark my word. If it we were able to, we We've thought about we pigs, we've it, thought Mike. about wiener dogs, we've thought about a lot. Just <laughs> yeah, perfect. Paula's donuts kind of took up the racetrack. Yeah, we won't hold that against one them. foot concrete. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Hopping around, tie them, tie the feet together, make them hot. <laughs> perfect. 
So every uh, every year, this is kind of that money got peed on us. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's okay if they're not on us already. Um, the one the one thing we do every Derby Day is we release a a bit of golden grain. Like I said, not very much. True. Um, we release the straight bourbon, which is our gold label, which is. I'm not going to say my favorite product because the golden grain is so special, but sure. the straight bourbon is really like something that if you see it on the shelf, grab a bottle because that it's it's for me it's the perfect proof. One fifteen's hot. One fifteen's like, hot. and I, I don't usually drink on the rocks. Because what is your normal eighty? Eighty. Yep. Yeah. So so one fifteen's pretty hot. Um, just to just to sip on it yeah. without rocks, it's great with rocks if you like rocks, um, but. That 90 proof gold label is just such a sweet spot. Uh, it's more flavor than the 80, but you get that bite from the higher proof. Uh, so we release a small portion of all three products for Derby Day. We have them all on the bar, so you can get the drinks that we normally do, like the Larkinville, uh, which is kind of our staple. Um, you can get that with Golden Grain, which is a really nice kind of special yeah. thing you can't usually get. Um, and then going forward, uh, we have a rye whiskey in barrels. I'm not sure if we ever oh, touched really? on that. Wow. So that'll be released. Did not know that. Uh, probably 2021. We'll be releasing the first rye whiskey uh, distilled in Buffalo since wow. Prohibition. That's Mark huge. our calendar. Oh, it is. We'll be back. I tasted it at one year, and the stuff is just going to be perfect. How long is it being aged for? Uh, minimum three years. Okay. Uh, we're going to taste it at three and kind of see what we want to tell people about. I feel like I just broke your hearts, but I'm sorry. No, no it's I'm fine. So I'm so excited. Obviously, we're going to be around for that I'm long. I'm so excited. Perfect. Yeah. Um, rye whiskey is where my heart is. I love this rye whiskey. stuff is just, and it's it's more on the the fruity, the fruity kind oh, of light end okay. of that, um, rather than that. Uh, what comes to mind is the redemption rye, right. that that kind of like sour. astringent, sour, right. mm-hmm. bitter, um, spicy. Um, this stuff's still spicy. It's got that rye, but it's way sweeter up front. Uh, Interesting. It's actually a classification of rye. Um, I don't know if you guys have kind of looked into this at all if not should um called empire rye yep. yeah yeah oh yeah so it has to be all in new york right all in new york mm-hmm. brand new cooperage which is bourbon yep. classifications um and then uh there's a few other weird things but what percentage of rye is it going to be do you know well, so we did eight that distilled it. <laughs> we've done eight <laughs> barrels those eight barrels were all well Five of those barrels were the same. Okay. But they were only the same because we figured out what we liked. So the first four barrels, um, or the first three barrels, were kind of figuring out the recipe we wanted. And then the next five were, that was good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the first ones, we had an opportunity to play around with some really cool grains. Uh, this thing called, it's called a lot of different things, but Bloody Butcher is a common name. Uh, but our farmer called it Indian Red Stalker. Uh, and what it is is it's an heirloom variety of corn that hasn't been genetically modified. Uh, downside of that is once it grows three feet high, the wind blows it right over um, because it's not modern-day genetically modified sure. corn stalks. Um, but we had an opportunity to use some of that. Really cool. Turn the mash pink. That was really fun. Um, uh, but more from pink. there... Yeah, more pink. More pink, right? <laughs> what we really liked uh, was rye malt. Okay. So rye is nice. It has that peppery, spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it really kind of reminds me of that caraway spiciness. Um, malted rye, you have the opportunity to germinate it and toast it and give it this really kind of uh, 
baked bread kind of toastiness to it. Um, so we used a huge portion of rye malt, more so than probably a lot of the whiskeys on the market, just because rye malt's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really lended it to a much higher flavor rye. Uh, the stuff's really gonna gonna blow your minds. Yeah. I can't wait. Maybe we that can have awesome. you guys back and we can taste a little bit out yeah. of a barrel yeah, sometime. Yeah. That'd be fun. So having your own source, like having your own farm, basically to be able to grow the grain and grow all your products from, mm-hmm. does it lead to more uh, like a larger selection of opportunity for you because you can basically not necessarily direct him in what you want to do, mm-hmm. but it gives you more of a leeway to say, okay, we don't want genetically mutated corn Mm -hmm. can we do this it's it's a very cool opportunity to be working so closely with a farmer um i should i'd love to like mention them if i can so john hyman is a huge one of our farmers he grows most of the barley we've ever used um and the corn um we also use uh, Bob Johnson over at Niagara Malt. Oh, okay. He's our maltster. The guy is incredible. If you guys ever want to talk malt, call Bob Johnson. That'd be sick. He's yeah. a genius. You should have him on an episode. Oh, he's a genius. It's a sweet name, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Robert Johnson? It's <laughs> a sweet name. It's so American. It's like president-like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He should run for president. I'd vote for him right now. Um, and then I should I should also... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God, I shouldn't have gone there. Not get Everything's fine. Right. <laughs> Um, I'll quickly mention uh, Pierce Milling as well. They do a lot of our milling and corn when we're in a bind. Um, John Hyman f- has been our guy. He's, he's been our dude. Um, and obviously you see I'm partial to Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it's, it's more of a camaraderie, not necessarily me calling this guy up and saying, hey, you got 10 acres, let's throw some heirloom red sure. stalker okay. in there. Uh, but it's more him calling up and being like, hey, guys, I got this like weird corn it's red it's like some indian stuff uh like (laughs) i don't really know what it is but if you guys want to make whiskey with it i'm really down for that that's awesome that's it's more of that kind of back and forth working with these guys yeah because you don't get that variation with other distilleries that source it because they're looking for consistency Yes. Whereas you're taking advantage of the inconsistency to see what can we make with this inconsistency, exactly. which is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Bob Johnson. I nailed it. Bob Johnson. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he let us in on a little secret, uh, um, or a little a piece of the malting process that we didn't know about that might allow us to put out a single malt in the next few years. Oh, cool. Um, nice. So these are all things that working with your farmer rather than just buying from your producer uh, which is our big thing is we work with farmers um, most distilleries in this country purchase from producers um, working with those people uh, outside of just grain I mean we work with apiaries we work with the largest apiary in New York this guy's incredible bee farmer bee farmer See, I told you. I called that last episode. You did. Yeah. That's it's a. I think it's like the coolest it's a word we don't. The only thing I knew it's was so because of the office. Than, other than being that's a the only reason why. Because or Dwight or knows the best apiarist in Scranton. That's the only reason why I, I know never what an caught that is. in that yeah. show, huh? Yeah. Uh, but working with apiaries, working with grain <laughs> farmers. Uh, this summer, we're going to be working with some uh, some farms to be getting some of the flowers we use in our gin locally. Oh, cool. Um, anything we can do, we'll do it. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That, that really makes you guys stand out other with other distilleries because you do have that ability to make your thing so much more of a variety and like so many different flavors and the ability to just do whatever you want, which is huge. 
most people, most distilleries that we've talked to don't have that ability because they source stuff. Right. We really appreciate that people have kind of paid attention to it. Uh, we didn't really know if they were gonna sure. from the start. You know, you don't want to convince people to like your booze. You just want them to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there's a cool story behind the steel doors, even better. Right. Um, yeah. We actually had a lot of topics that we wanted to discuss, and then we just kind of went off the rails, like oh. we always do, because yeah, it's about an hour we're in. We're already an hour. You give any one of us a reason to rant. Right. It's like, oh, here, let's talk but about we, something we love that was this totally stuff. off the yeah. market. Like, no, we didn't have any. But honestly, that's right, the whole point of this podcast, is just that everyone else, other than Mike and I, have so much in their brains. They can listen to us every other Monday, but getting in front of people that have so much to talk about is just huge, and it makes our podcast so much different than other podcasts because we're getting people with different viewpoints and like different industries the ability to talk about whatever is whatever's on their mind we appreciate it one thing that we wanted to talk about is the new products which we did Mm -hmm. and the events coming up and then also i know tim that back we used to talk about um potentially doing a buffalo happy hour happy hour here. yeah no i I have to check the still briefly. Yeah. I'll be right mm-hmm. back. Well, come on. What do you got? You got to go to work? Um, come on. <laughs> come on. Right? Who's this guy? I know. Who's this guy? Um, I would actually love to get that on the books as soon as possible. Okay. I know we talked about it, and then it kind of went this way and mm-hmm. went that way. Um, I think not just getting the you know, the set standard of listeners and everything, but I think it'd be a great way to get everybody that's involved or wants to be involved in like the, the ins and outs of the distilling world of Buffalo. I think that would be a fantastic yeah. thing to do. And um, yeah. So from your perspective, we've talked about it a couple times on our podcast about doing this event with you guys, but from your perspective, what would that entail? What, what is your vision of this happy hour? Well, I think it'd be great to just basically pick a night Industry-wise, it's probably better to do early in the week. Sure. Um, not to exile the like you know nine to fivers, but I sure. think we'd probably get the best turnout if we did like a Monday night. Sure. Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, we're typically closed. So we'll plan on opening the door. Um, have Kevin do like a little immersive tour slash introduction to everything, and then bust out some bottles, especially for like the industry guys. I'd love to get some of the other bar managers or distillery guys even um tasting room managers things of that nature to like play with our product right like see how it works in your favorite cocktail and like give them the opportunity to kind of work some stuff up and then give us the opportunity to one showcase it um being you know as kevin mentioned being the only distillery in buffalo that actually makes 100 percent of our stuff there's some great other product out there that I love, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's just a little special that it's like you know unique in that sense. Yeah. So to give a little bit more forecast to that, probably do some fun games and things. I mean, why not, right? Sure. It's all about having a good time. Absolutely. It's a happy hour. We should have some fun. Yeah. Um, so whether we have a DJ or some live music, or we just like pump up everybody's favorite '80s mm-hmm. tracks, and then uh, you know a little Rocky Horror Picture Show dance party. I don't know. There we we could like Perfect. do something fun we with it. We know a DJ all. too that would totally be down for it. Right. So, so. Um, but I think it'd be awesome for me, kind of in charge of the front of the house, to like get everybody else's opinion mm-hmm. and maybe learn some stuff on sure. my own too. Like I want to hear what the other industry folks think about. Like, oh, this cocktail's fantastic right. this way, or you know. 
is it we bring a bee's knees back which how many people serve you a bee's knees anymore right not which, many not many it's my it's girlfriend's a, favorite drink and she yeah, can't get it anywhere yeah it's no she drink. has to go to la because they're ahead of the time so. oh, <laughs> oh that's what she's got to do derek um get on a plane. why are you coming at me dude i know <laughs> And I'll tell you what, the 13 years, roughly, that I lived in uh, San Diego, I went to L.A. like twice. If you live yeah. in Southern California... It's a different world. Yeah, it's just not the world that I prefer. Sure. So I'd stay Orange County South. I prefer to like spend my trips in Mexico instead of in L.A. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So what, what do you guys subscribers think? Would you like to do an event like this at Buffalo Distilling? We definitely want to do it. Maybe we'll think about it in early March. Um, I mean, just March, to get some people some time. Well, yeah. March might be tough with St. Patty's Day. And we got a lot of stuff coming yeah. up in March, which is going to be a ton of fun. Um, not to say another thing that I'm actually working on right now with the owners. Now that we actually have like, or I don't want to call it a marketing budget, but we have an idea of what like makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the neighborhood continues to grow, I really want to like build. I don't want to call it like a membership because that sounds the wrong way. Sure. But kind of a, like a, an elite, like a members club. A, not a members club as much as like an allegiance card, something that's like social. Oh, sure. Um, okay. Where you know you come in, we'll sign you up. We'll give you a card that says you know honk if you hurt. If you love One cock, yeah. Fuck cock <laughs> on it. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but have it kind of be just like. A representative being like, oh, so every time you come in from now on, you're going to get, you know, 10% off, bring friends, bring family. Um, We'll put you on an email list that is like not just our blanket email, but like now you're going to get, you're going to know when our holiday barrel age group night comes out and you'll have first dibs. Or when we do these ultra rare whiskeys, um, we don't currently reserve any of those bottles for anyone, but we would at least give you a heads up. Sure. in front of the like pack and say oh by the way yeah we open at noon this day but for our you know social members from 11:30 to noon nobody else is going to know we're open right so try to pop in try to give them a little kickback um so i think that would kind of be a good way to kick off with this like happy hour event sure. too yeah absolutely i would love to like if you guys want to, I know you're going to want to mix and mingle a bit, but you know, even for a part of it, if you want to set up the mics in the back yeah, room absolutely. or in the still house, even, and like have a casual conversation with some people, see what they like. I mean, the only way to make everybody actually grow in a healthy manner is to get honest feedback. Right. So for us, it's almost like a delight to host it here because yeah. now we're getting the opinion of, you know, maybe every, maybe everyone's been here before, maybe. 50% of them have been here, maybe 80% of them have never been here. So to have them come in and actually see it on like a like true to tone sure. feel, mm-hmm. um, I think that'd be awesome. I know Kevin's into it. He loves the educational side of it, the history of it. I mean, he's like, what he's doing with students already, and like he's already, he's got interns that are twice his age. Um, but that's not an age thing at all. I'm just saying it's like awesome to see like how like dedicated to the craft he is yeah. at such a young age. It will like mind blows me yeah. all the time. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out the details within the next couple of days and yeah. we'll make it official because I, that would be a great opportunity for us. Well, I'd love to hear what you know the viewers and listeners think as well. Sure. Um, because that's what we're all about. We want to give it to the people the way they want it, not 
another tongue-in-cheek kind of phrase mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Follow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's great. Totally off the topic, but it's just something I have to mention because it'll be fun for any of the viewers for this, too. So we're in the process of updating our website. You know, it just was one of those things. They're so busy worried about the product that they didn't really think about, like, the evolution yep. of the website over time. So Frank and I are sitting there with our um, our, our good old Googs. Um, oh, Lady Cock. Our, our Lady Cock. She, um, and she's like, all right, so how's this sound? And, like, we're reading the sentence, and, like, the word full came up, like, one too many times. So Frank says, hey, Siri, synonyms of full. About 80% of the synonyms for full have sexual connotation or reference to them so after going through and going through and one of frank's hidden talents is he's actually a really good like wordsmith sure like he can like he can bring things together well i mean roy is a professional professor of literature and he's amazing like next time next time we next episode we got to get Roy in here. Now, granted, we'll need an agenda because he will talk about this. He'll go off the. But it's awesome what he does. Like, yeah. I don't say that in the kind of manner at all. It will be the most entertaining Roy two hour in, answer in, of your life. And like 92% of Buffalo know Roy. Yeah. So it's like awesome. He's the best. Um, but Frank, he gets this like flash in his eyes, and it, all of a sudden he sounds like a poet from like. You know, fourteen hundred. Yeah, the Renaissance. Sounds. Yeah, it's yeah. Like going off. It's just it's it's wild. So the word he finally comes up with for this race, tumescent. Tumescent. Yeah. Never heard of that before in my life. You look it up. It's it's funny. Tumescent has a kind of a, a history with the buffalo distilling. <laughs> um, if you look at maybe the first three or four products we put out, do we have a bottle of bourbon? Do we? Uh, have a do we have any bourbon in the house? <laughs> um, when you look at a bottle of uh, One Foot Cock bourbon uh, on the back, there's three descriptors, uh, smooth, genuine, and tumescent. Uh, so that got through a couple labels. The government said, okay, we like this. Uh, around the third or fourth product, we tried to put that on, and the government said, eh, this tumescent word, uh, or tumescent, however you want to say it, um, that doesn't pertain to alcohol. So we're not going to let you use that anymore. Hmm. So that's a portion of the tour, and usually we say for the viewers at home or the listeners that you can go look that up all on your own, what yeah. tumescent means. Um, it's a fantastic word. It's a now fantastic I'm, word. You'll use it all the time. But does it have anything to do with booze? Mm. It's a loose descriptor. Uh, so on all our... We need all a little ticker. <laughs> we do. So we did, did switch to... Uh, <laughs> we switched to resplendent. 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 Because that's a better description. Well, it's a much better description. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've got a, a couple hundred options of things to put in that are loosely tongue-in-cheek that you know the government won't catch right away. Yeah. No, they'll pick up on one, and then they'll have to research another right. and research another... And they all pertain to ro- roosters with one foot, correct? <laughs> it's a 
synonym for full. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Perfect. We want, so we want people to feel full. It's just full. it's just work for them. It's job security. Don't yeah. worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just push them. Just push them through. Tax dollars going to good work. That's yeah. it. There you go. That's, That's it. All right. So part. we're at about an hour and ten minutes. Is there anything else that you guys would like to highlight about what is going on right now at Buffalo Distilling Company? Ooh. But remember, we have round three, so yeah, yeah we do have, have round three coming. Don't feel I like think you're on the spot. The biggest things um, for any followers out there that want to like, we've got some pretty fun stuff coming up on the social side, in house. Um, not as big of, you know, obviously March is a huge month. We've mm-hmm. got the Shamrock Run on the seventh. I'm going to burn the old ward, which we're right down the street from. So we've got parties planned and stuff for that. We're doing a. Uh, one foot cock bourbon creme really shot so it'll be kind of a in-house version of what would be you know a traditional bailey's, bailey's type yeah. shooter is that nice. going to be a regular product it's or is not, that just sort of limited release it's not it's not actually a like bottled product oh, it's okay. going to be something that we just feature from the tasting room bar interesting um it's a co- super in-house good, concoction though. super good concoction um <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you guys got a lot of wordplay going. Yeah, I know it's kind of you funny. Know, Sometimes it just slips out. I will actually. <laughs> oh my god! I'll whip. <laughs> it took Mike a little bit to understand, but uh, we're, we're there now. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to whip some of those up. Uh, we don't need to wait for that, but yeah. just so you can have them before oh, cool. you know time's over. Maybe you don't have to wait for it to slide in. Perfect. <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. I think it might also be the only vegan bourbon cream it available is. for St. Patrick's Day in Buffalo. Yeah. How are you getting the cream? Then? So, Ooh, yeah. oh. it's we're we're you actually hand well, we're hand that's milking that's okay. nuts in the back. <laughs> if anybody caught that, we'll let it slide. Yeah, so really? it's uh no, it is a vegan bourbon creme. I don't want to say it. Has that weird. ever been done before? Affliction. I don't know if Maybe. anyone's ever done it. If it has, we're gonna lean towards no. We're gonna lean towards no. We're gonna lean towards the first, probably the first but, release. But thank you for the inspiration. Another first of Buffalo. Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. And you know, so we go Shamrock Run, followed by the parade. Mm-hmm. We'll obviously be representing all day for that as well. Um, and then it really starts with the wind up to what's Dingus Buffalo's Day. favorite holiday, right? Dingus Day. Dingus Day. And that second favorite, don't don't single out all of South Buffalo right there. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Thank you. I got you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's tough, but yeah. you know, group back. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah, it. I, well, single malt's coming. <laughs> this will be my first so year exciting. living in Buffalo for Dingus Day. You're, Actually, you're gonna be in for it. My wife grew up here, right? As I mentioned, I'm from Central New York originally, so I've come when my cousins were in college and like partied for that stuff. You know, and they do like the spring fest around them. Yeah. This will be the first time I get to witness a true Dingus Day, and I'm oh, pretty excited. <sighs> it's crazy. It's the favorite time of year for me. I'm like half Irish, and then half German and Polish. Oh, there you go. So it's pretty much all of our godly holidays all in one. Yeah. What are you? Me, I am uh, 50% Irish. Uh, well, I shouldn't say 50%, but I'm like half and half Irish, Italian, a bunch of other crap mixed in, Polish by association indoctrination whatever you want to say you make Krupnik so you're guaranteed 25% Polish I've had enough really really Polish people tell me that I'm good (laughs) that I don't take crap anymore on Dingus Day from people that tell me I'm not Polish Um, do you know who I am right it makes barely it's Krupnik (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go that far. But <laughs> just, just good to know I got people on my yeah. side. <laughs> just know you have that card to play. Right. right. Be, uh, if you ever find yourself in Warsaw. <laughs> which, listen, guys. Great city. It's too bad that it had to be completely rebuilt after True. World War II. True. It's an awesome city. I agree awesome with you. city. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other fun, exciting things coming up. So obviously, Dingus Day, we're closed on Monday, so we're just going to be a part of the parade. And that's leading up to that April 4th is the collab release party with 42 North oh, cool. on their Krupnik barrel-aged Belgian quad. So, really? yeah, which is going to be unreal. Um, I met with Hannah and Zach. Can you repeat that? Krupnik? It's a Krupnik barrel-aged Belgian quad that is going Got to me. be off the hook. Are you serious? Do I have that? So we no, actually I don't have that. We half like the thought process of Krupnik aged quad because then in some weird way, K-A-Q kind of resembles cock. There you go. I mean, they were the <laughs> ones that suggested 42-foot cock be the yeah. name. Wow. That I, was their idea. It was actually Hannah. Alright, now so we're throwing Hannah under the bus. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hannah. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just showing that it's not like us influencing all the time. She's like We're gonna get an email. I heard you <laughs> had I heard you had a one foot cock, but it was only a quad. Uh, <laughs> you're right. That, I think we're gonna gain hundred subscribers just to see what this turns into. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, we didn't do our job. Oh, but we're super excited because the the whole point is like you know, Krupnik's obviously a big thing for us. Sure. Um, right. We love what John's done over at 42 North, as well as a lot of the other breweries, but he's been very um, supportive about keeping us kind of involved with things that he's got going on. Um, so for us to do this collaboration, this will be the first year of what we hope to be an annual, like, nice. Buffalo, New York, Dingus Day, like, special release. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going to have a lot of fun with it, obviously, because... Why not? Dingus Day and One Foot Cox and right. Krupnik and just the playfulness of Buffalo as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another thing about Buffalo, nobody takes it too seriously like they could in other mm-hmm. places. Uh, so it's awesome for us. Um, and having that April 4th, you know, we've got the... I think Derby Day from there. Derby yeah. Day is May 2nd, which yeah. is going to be sick. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for this patch of whiskey and bourbon like and you have to remember I've only been here since September yeah. so I've, I've, I've only gotten that. one batch of the rare whiskeys that so I like is there anything, over is there anything you can highlight off of that or is it all secret top secret when it comes to the whiskey yeah it's all top secret it's fine I mean it's it, like I said it all com- kind of comes down to a, a couple days of of tasting and and just finding that if you need tasters let us know barrel. Good to know. Good to know. I mean, you guys are at the top of the list. We're basically pros at this point. You're at the top of the list. True. Um, one thing I, I would like to touch on is that uh, we're, we're in the process of kind of uh, figuring out and nailing down um, a an exclusive experience uh, for Buffalo Distilling Company. Um, so being, being the only grain-to-glass whiskey distillery here in Buffalo... Uh, we're trying to find a way that we can bring people into that a little more intimately. Um, so the, the people who have drank at the bar before know that uh, you come in, you have a cocktail. Uh, if you slip past him and you wander into the back, you can usually 
get a hold of me and I'll I'll ramble science to you for <laughs> for a few hours. Um, just bring a couple cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need them. Um, that that kind of loose tour experience has been really cool. Uh, it's, it's fun because no tour is the same. No mm-hmm. two tours are the same. Uh, but but what what I'm kind of developing now, what we're gonna work on is um, kind of. I don't want to call it a club because it sounds really inclusive. I hate the but, club. But a, a group of people who really, uh, really care about what we're doing and really want to be a, a closer part of it. Um, I can't divulge all the information on mm-hmm. what that's going to entail, but what I will say is that it's going to allow you the ability to try things that we haven't tried. Yeah. I mean, we're talking straws and barrels kind of stuff. Yes. Um, which is a really cool experience. Well, you got two people right here that are totally down. <laughs> well, you guys are invited, yeah, of course. Thank you. Appreciate that. Preliminary <laughs> special meeting. Special sticks, um, Things like getting getting your dibs on new products a week before they're released. Things that you can come in and you can pick your number. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can dip your wax. Just really, really intimate experiences that you can't get anywhere I don't want to say in the country, but yeah. like it's a very, very small number of places that'll allow you this much hands-on experience right. in what we're doing. Um, so we're part of a newsletter, or we put out a newsletter. Uh, it's not annoying. I like to start with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't. We're not that place that you give us your email and we we send you an email every other day yeah, with like, like a we put new lights in. It's like yeah. sweet, sweet guys. You get it every month. <laughs> yeah. Once a Sometimes month. Sometimes it might be every other month because we just got too busy and forgot to put it's, one out. <laughs> it's really... You're still on up. It's like it's, really funny. It's really cool. It's well-written. It's not annoying. Like, you're almost happy to get it. I'm happy to get it. Oh, I love here. it. Um, but when you come into the bar uh, or shoot us an email or a Facebook and say, hey, I want to get on that page. I want to get on that email list. Um, that's going to give you all this information. And when we put this, this group club, organization, fun group of people together. I don't know what it's going to be called. It's a Buffalo Distilling cult. It's going to be a just, league. Yeah, it's, a it's, it's a cult, I'll, thank God. Yeah, Somebody put a, a name cult. on it. It's, you know what I it like is. that. I like league over cult. League sounds a little more... It's a secret oh, society. <laughs> it's a secret yeah. society. A league of, onto us. of extraordinary whiskey drinkers. Uh, yeah. But it's just going to be fun, and it's going to be a really unique experience. So, mm-hmm. um, so get yourself on that list so that you can hear about it, sure. uh, or just keep up with us, and, and we'll be doing it soon. Uh, so I just wanted to plug that sure. real quick because uh, I'm excited about it. Um, but it's going to be a really, really fun event. Uh, that's one of the more exciting things we have coming up. Yeah. We actually have a three-piece series coming up starting in what this end of the third week of March. Yeah. Um, we're Mark or working with uh, uh, Mark Monsanto. He has uh, Buffalo Pedal like bike oh, tours. Oh yeah. Okay. He's like the top-rated bike tour in Buffalo. He actually reached out to us because he's just interested in a lot of things. We have mm. so much history going on. Um, so we're going to do a three-piece series to start that'll be actually Kevin kind of talking about a little bit of the science and the, oh, sweet. the geek outside of the distilling. Um, affectionately named. Yeah, affectionately named. That is, <laughs> hey. um, but, and then Mark's actually already talked with the uh, History Museum and some other pretty key players in the city about having two to three lectures I do you know 15 minute bits it's not going to be like sitting in a classroom and be dull we want it to be more of an experience where you learn a little bit about the distilling side but also Buffalo has a ton of history right a A ton ton of history a lot 
They got burned to the ground in 1812. People don't know about it. It's wild to think that there's so much, and a lot of it actually ties back to what we do Mm -hmm. um, and what else is going on in the city now. Like, things have disappeared are now coming back. So uh, we thought it'd be really nice to kind of offer that type of feature. Um, So I'll get more back on that as well as, like, the actual tickets come out because that will be one of those, like, you know, sign up in advance. Uh, We're going to tie in kind of, like, a little post-party music that fits whatever era we're featuring as well. Nice. Sure. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and that's going to tie right back into, you know, Cavo's League of Whiskey we'll Geeks. I don't know. <laughs> the, the League of Whiskey Geeks? Yeah. No, that's... No. So before we leave, before we part, social media. You guys are on social media, right? Yes. Can you plug your social media accounts right so now? So we've got multiple. So we've got uh, at One Foot Cock, um, at Buffalo Distilling Company, it's Buffalo underscore Distilling on Instagram. Um, you can find us through Facebook either way, Twitter as well. But yeah, uh, hashtag. I think that's New it. York I might Farm I Distilling. might be on LinkedIn, but I haven't checked oh, in a long time. <laughs> Kevin's LinkedIn looks like your um, Tinder account. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom. I mean, but you yeah. can find my Tinder too yeah. if you want. I don't. Oh. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so definitely go check out Buffalo Distilling. They have an amazing atmosphere here. They're putting out awesome drinks, amazing spirits, and they have live music very frequently. So this is an awesome place to spend your Friday, Saturday night. And Tim's behind the bar making amazing cocktails. So Hey, support local. Yeah, definitely come here and check it out. Thank you, guys. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, no, it's always it's a pleasure, awesome. guys. Thank you. Appreciate so, your support. And we'll be back for episode three. Oh, yeah. Three. Awesome. Round three. We'll wrangle Round Frank three. Round three. We might have to wrangle the... Uh, the uh, sexy colonel in for that one too. <laughs> you guys want to see the sexy colonel? <laughs> yeah. Please. Do. Oh yeah. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> All right. well, thank you guys. Thanks Appreciate it. Guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.